Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is John 1, 1 through 18. I'm holding in my hands right now a journal from my time as a student in Israel when I was in college. And I am looking at an entry from March 2007 when we were on a week-long field trip to Galilee. And it was Friday evening, which is the beginning of Sabbath. And that was when each week we would have our chapel service. And one of our professors spoke to us that night. And here is just uh, some of my notes from that message. Who is Jesus? This is a question we need to ask ourselves each day. And later in the notes, your eternal destiny depends on your answer to this question. Who is Jesus? Well, 11 years later in March, I got an email explaining how that professor was being fired by the university I went to because he was no longer in agreement with the doctrinal statement of the school because he had denied the deity of Christ. Who is Jesus? Your eternal destiny depends on your answer to that question. And you need to understand what you believe about Jesus and why. And we're going to see that very clearly today as we begin the Gospel of John. And today we are looking at the first 18 verses, what is often referred to as the prologue of the Gospel of John. And it's going to make some strong and, I would say, clear statements about the deity of Christ. And some will fight against these and I think even try to um, do weird things with the Greek language to make the Bible say what it what it's not saying in these passages. But what we're going to see is a clear presentation of who Jesus is And we will also see what some of the ramifications of that should be, even for us today. So let's just start right here in the beginning of John 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So there you see uh, the, the makings really of why we believe the Trinity. You can open up your Bible software. If you have the Bible on your phone, you can open up your Bible and search it. And you can search in any modern English translation for the word Trinity. And you're going to find zero references. And that's where some people might say, see, maybe it's not biblical. Well, they're not understanding what we mean by the Trinity. That is how we are trying to express what the Bible clearly teaches, that the Father is God, that Jesus is God, that the Holy Spirit is God, yet that they are distinct persons uh, within what we would refer to as the Trinity. God is three in one, one in regard to essence, three in regard to persons. And what makes us believe that? Well, verses like this, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. So there we see the word being uh, distinguished from God, but then it's saying the word was God. 
And so how do we understand all of that? And we'll see more of this as we go through the gospel of John. Well, we understand that Jesus, and it's clear the word is referring to Jesus. If you go down to verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, it's clear that the that Jesus, the word, he is God, yet he is distinct from the father. And, that, and that's why we believe what we believe. And it's important that you understand this because as I remember hearing, as I was studying more to try to understand what in the world could make my professor deny the deity of Christ, what one person I came across said, uh, a lot more people are Trinitarian by tradition than are Trinitarian by conviction. Uh, Do you believe what you believe about Jesus just because that's what you've always heard and always been taught? Or do you believe it because you know what the Bible says? And we see so many things about Jesus here. And one is what we see clearly, the deity of Christ. And we're going to see that throughout many more verses in the gospel of John. We've already seen that in the gospels. When Jesus claims, for instance, to forgive sins, and they say, who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus doesn't say, oh yeah, you're right. My bad. I shouldn't do that. He says, Mm, yeah, you got a point there. But to to show you that I have the authority to forgive sins, basically saying to show you that I am equal with God, rise up and walk. We've already seen this. And you think of other passages like Philippians 2 that show the deity and the preexistence of Christ. Uh, we see that right here in the beginning of the Gospel of John. And, and you maybe have had conversations with Jehovah's Witnesses who come to your door and they open up their Bible. And it says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was a God. Well, they're playing games with uh, the Greek language. And even there's other instances in this chapter where they are inconsistent in their translation. And if you ever talk to one, you can just point them to 12 verses 12 and 13, where it talks about becoming children of God and being born, not uh, of the will of man, but of God. And if they were being consistent, those should say because of a God, uh, but of a God too. Um, but but they're not. They're uh, interpreting the text with their own agenda. In fact, if you dig into the Greek of verse one, it actually is emphasizing the deity of Christ. Um, but that would require a whole lesson in Greek that we don't really have time to do. And I probably need a whiteboard to write on. Uh, and we don't have that on revival from the Bible. But let's just consider some of the other things we see about who Jesus is. We also see here in John one that he is the creator all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And that's where, again, if someone like my old professor tries to deny the preexistence of Christ, then what in the world is this talking about? And it's not like it's just this one obscure passage. Go to Colossians 1. Go to Hebrews 1. All of which point to Jesus as the creator. Verse 4 says, in him was life. And even the way that's worded makes clear Jesus has life in himself. You can't say that about you and me. And that speaks to really even the quality of who God is. Think back to the burning bush uh, when Moses asked God, what is your name? And he says, I am who I am. Even God's name speaks to his self-existence. He is And that same idea here being used to describe Jesus and that life was the light of men. He is life. He is light. And verse five, I love this. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not 
overcome it. And that even speaks really to the nature of light. Darkness doesn't overcome light. Light overcomes darkness. Go to a pitch black room and light a candle. The light will overcome the darkness. The darkness doesn't overcome the light. The the only reason that you would think that would happen is because something goes wrong with the light source. The candle runs out or the light bulb uh, breaks. Those are the only reasons darkness will conquer the light is if the light is removed somehow. Light, by definition and by its essence, uh, it, it cannot be overcome by the darkness. And that is who Jesus is. And then we see in verse 12, we see, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So their glory, a word that is often used to refer to God in splendor and majesty and brightness. Now it is referring to what we see through Jesus. And it talks about grace and truth coming through Jesus. It says he is full of grace and truth that we've received from him grace upon grace and that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And that is a very powerful combination and one that we should even note and be thankful for, but also one that we should seek to exemplify. Uh, you, You can't separate real grace from truth as much as some people might try. Uh, Just like when God speaks of marriage, I think it'd be fitting for us to speak of grace and truth with the language, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And in this glory and grace and truth, it makes clear, what is he doing? He is revealing God to us. No one has ever seen God. No one has seen the father, but Jesus is making him known. He is revealing God to us. Us. So just some of the things, again, that we see in John 1, Jesus is God, Jesus is creator, Jesus is life and light, Jesus is unstoppable, Jesus shows us the glory of God and is full of grace and truth. These are amazing and rich things about Jesus. You do need to ask yourself the question, who is Jesus? And now, what are the implications of that? What do we do with that? Well, we're going to see some things that we kind of skipped over in the middle of the passage that will help us understand that. First, if we look at verses 9 through 13, it talks about how Jesus, the true light, came into the world and how the world did not know him. And even verse 11 talks about he came to his own, I, I think a reference there to the Jewish people, and they did not receive him. Uh, but... To all who did receive him, what does receiving him look like? Who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so there we see uh, what the right response to Jesus is. It's receiving him, which is elaborated there with believing in his name. Now, let's just notice something up front that we'll see throughout John and somewhat throughout the New Testament. Not all belief is genuine saving belief. To go to the clearest example in the New Testament, James, even the demons believe uh, and tremble it says. But what we're going to see in John even is that there are clearly some who believe in one sense, but aren't actually followers of 
Christ. There is a, a kind of belief that saves and there is a kind of belief that does not. And clearly here, if it's talking about becoming of children of God, this is a genuine belief. And, and that's where I think one of the distinctions is it's not merely an acceptance of facts. The demons will assent to the facts of Jesus's identity, but there really is a trust, even how it's put there, those who believed in his name. I think that's speaking really of those who are depending on the name of Jesus. One of the best explanations I've ever heard, heard that's real simple is if I told you I have my pilot's license, it's one thing to say you believe me. It's another thing to get in the plane with me. And you shouldn't get in any planes with me at the helm because I don't know how to fly and I don't have my pilot's license. But to believe in the name of Jesus, I think is more like the picture of getting in the plane. No, I believe in him. I am trusting in what he has said. I am trusting in his name. That's the first part of the response if we really understand who Jesus is. The second, if we go back to verses 6 through 8, it introduces us to John, who we would refer to as John the Baptist. And it talks about how he came as a witness, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Now, there are ways that that is clearly unique to John the Baptist, because of prophecy, he was the forerunner of Christ in ways that you and I are not. But there are principles here, again, if we think then, always, now, you are meant to be a witness. Even what Jesus then commissions the disciples with in Acts chapter 1, something that I think would rightly be claimed by all Christians throughout the ages, we are his witnesses. We are meant to bear witness about Christ. We are not the light, but we are here to bear witness about the light. So if you know who Jesus is, believe on his name and bear witness about the light. My professor was right. Who is Jesus? That is the most important question. And I hope our reading through the Gospel of John helps give us assurance and confidence that we know the right answer and that we have believed in his name and encourages us to bear witness about the light of Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.